Welcome to the Purpose-Led Leadership Podcast, the place that helps you communicate, engage and lead with purpose. We lift the lid on what it takes to be a great leader and our guests share tips, principles, wins and failures that will educate and inspire you to lead your own team and business with purpose. I am Chris O'Connell and this is the Purpose-Led Leadership Podcast. On this week's episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Andrew Silito. He's an executive coach and author of The Four Keys. He helps business leaders start, scale, and sell their businesses without burnout. Andrew, great to have you on. I've been a guest on your show, I think, two or three times now. We've, we've become friends over the years. Um, love your content. Love what you do. We've got quite a lot of uh, similar mindset, I think, to, yeah, uh, absolutely. to dealing with, with life in general. Um, but as I've got to know you over the years, I mean, you've touched on your story quite a few times, and I was, I was quite taken aback, actually. And... Um, Last month, I was doing a series on inspirational women, International Women's Day, and um, this month's all about men. And I, I kind of identified you as someone who I admire and look up to, but also someone who um, has got quite an inspiring story, as I understand it. So I'd love you to use this platform to, to kind of open up as much as you can and talk about trauma, adversity, your journey through that, and to where you are now. Well, thank you. Straight into it. Yeah, so... Well, we can talk about the story. What is that? Is that where we want to go with it? Start off with that, and then how we kind yeah. of yeah. I guess just talk to me into about trauma, I guess, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, you know, it wasn't something that I talked about for a long time. You know, I it was a sort of a shocking experience. So, that for those that don't know my story, I come from a family of bakers. I was always going to be a baker. There was no doubt in my mind I was going to take over the family business, and. When I got to 11, my, my father had different ideas. He sold the business. I was devastated. He moved into property, made a lot of money. We had an amazing life. You know, my, in fact, I keep the cars in the background as a reminder that my dad loved classic right. cars. He wasn't yeah. show-off in any way whatsoever, but he had a, you know, the E-Type Jag and wonderful holidays in Spain. We did big houses. It was gr- great times in the 80s. Uh, but when the 1990 crash happened, he uh, he lost we lost everything like everything he just and, and I think my father you know he was a baker right but he moved yeah. into property and I always say this to business owners you know just make sure you're not doing something just to make some money and die <laughs> because life is short right and and I really felt strongly about that about my dad that he moved into something followed the pound notes got lured into it by other people when the crash happened he didn't have that agility he'd enjoyed the good life too much yeah got out of shape got overweight and didn't have that agility to to shift like a lot of people did last year you needed that agility right to to pivot and if you didn't have the energy if you felt lethargic if you'd if you'd uh it reminds me of the book who moved my cheese you know that whole idea of just consuming Mm. everything and you know yeah getting over leverage big mortgage big leases on cars and all of a sudden like covid happens all of a sudden you know, overnight you're in trouble. So, so my father didn't recover from that. And so, in 1993, March 21st, uh, he he went to bed. I said good night, uh, and that was the last time I saw him. He died of a heart attack, age 48. Wow. So it was, um, you know, it was a traumatic event. And I don't think I truly grieved about it. You know, I I just decided that I was just going to go all in on life. You know, as I said, I was not going to do something. That I was just going to make money, then and then and then die. I was going to go all in on my hockey, pursued that aggressively. I was playing street hockey at the time, and the sport had grown and evolved yeah. and got more mature. And then I moved to Canada, and I kind of pursued a dream to play professionally. I was the first British player to play professionally in America in the North American Roller Hockey Championships. 
played 11 World Championships Great Britain. I was just all in on it. Yeah. Right? And, and also my entrepreneurial stuff. I was building a, a coaching business. You know, I've always had coaching businesses. I've always been a coach, really, apart from a five-year stint at Yellow Pages. I've always been uh, a coach. But even when I was selling advertising, I was still coaching, you know, around marketing mm-hmm. spend and so on. So it always felt natural to me. So I went all in on that. And by 2014-15, no, a few gold medals around my neck. I'd grown a consultancy business, which was, was doing really well. Yeah. Uh, that grew to 2017, came home one day, and my wife just turned to me one and just said, I did not sign up for this. You know? Wow. And wow. my bags were packed, yeah. taking the kids, you know. And I was like, what? And that's why I have that picture in my my LinkedIn profile, the punch in the face, because yeah. just completely blindsided me. You know, it was like it, you know, I always talk about overwhelm, exhaustion, burnout, you know, as being the punch in the face we don't see coming. You know, yeah. I don't think I although I talk about burnout a lot and people refer to me now as the burnout boss. I don't think I really burnt out. I don't think I was wiped out completely, but it really did sort of shake me. So that put me on a new journey, you know, one to, to kind of go a bit deeper into why did I have this restless nature? You know, why was I kind of sabotaging myself in, in this way when I thought I was on top of the world? You know, you, you ask the players, you know, great coach. They still yeah. call me coach, but putting more effort into the locker room than perhaps my own family, uh, my own clients, you know. Mm. And so starting to s- sort of settle in a little bit and say, okay, where does this restless come from and you know, speak to a coach speak to a therapist and I said well I've always got to be doing something right I've always got to be moving forward evolving you keep pushing it and they said well what do you do when you sit still and I was like well, I just don't because I <laughs> the last thing I want to do is and, and also I, I look back on my relationships I'd always had f- like one year relationships two year relationships back to back you know my daughter's right. now 20 she's 22 today my daughter oh, and, uh, and and we can joke about it now but it's not really that funny but she was like you know, how many mums am I going to have? Because she, I was a single parent, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. my daughter lived with me from the age of, of three. And, uh, and, and I look back on that and, and there were two things that happened when my dad died. One, I just lost myself in hockey. And two, I went straight into a serious relationship. And it was like I couldn't, if I wasn't doing one or the other, right. I, I couldn't, you know, I had to be doing something. I had to either be in a relationship or playing hockey to occupy my mind. Yeah. So in 2017, I, I was like, right, it's time to grieve. Bizarrely, it was like 25 years later. Right? So, but it's it's time to grieve. And um, I went through that experience. I started talking to my two brothers, two sisters. We not really even talked about it, you know. And so, yeah. so, so I I shared it in my TED talk in 2015. Mm-hmm. It was really raw, and um, but it, I hadn't really looked at it across, you know, these four keys that I talk about. You know, our relationships, our health, mindset, and and I started exploring that a bit more deeply, started sharing it with other people, like clients even. And clients were saying, yeah, I can relate to that. I can relate yeah. to that in my relationship. I can relate to that in my health. And yeah. I was suffering with arthritis, like full body inflammation. And I, was just, and I just put it down to a hockey career. Like the doctor said, yeah, you have your hip replaced soon. You, you know, you've got some arthritis in your ankles and your wrists. And I was like, this is not right, you know. So I started exploring diet and then started seeing this relationship between stress and arthritis and inflammation in the body and certain foods. Uh, my problem wasn't ever training. 
and exercise. My problem was overtraining. So I would train so intensively. So when CrossFit came about, I was like, this is the best sport in the world because I'm just going to batter myself for an yeah. hour. Uh, and I was, you know, just a wreck in the end. So, so I took some time out. I wrote, started writing, started blogging. And, and that's when the four keys kind of manifested, started sharing that. And went on a bit of a journey. And, and I'm, I'm very lucky, you know, that, I experienced transformation. I say that because I think anyone who experiences transformation, mm. you know, is blessed in some ways. It usually comes from not just the trauma of what I experienced when I was 16 and my dad dying, but, but also my wife leaving me, taking the yeah. kids and yeah. that, just changing. And over time, my wife and I, we, we started talking, we started building our friendship. We started thinking that actually maybe we can make it work. And after two years, literally two years to the day, we, we moved to Prague and started wow. our new journey and we've been living in Prague now since December we're happier I mean we're not you know like any relationship yeah you know, not Hollywood wow. right but, no. but we are in a really good place yeah we both experience our own personal development you know and respect each other's journey around our own personal development and mm. I think that's made a, a big difference so we're yeah, very happy. My, my daughter's 22. She's studying to be a nurse in, in London. Uh, my, my, we've got two children, Harry and Freya. Who, Harry, Freya's six. Yeah. Harry's four. Harry's starting to show interest in ice hockey, which is nice. You know, yeah. so we, we, have a, we, have a, we have a good life here in Prague. And, um, you know, so tough year, obviously, with anybody that's running in-person training. I mean, that, yes. was, uh, that was pretty, that was kind of traumatic in itself, talking about trauma, but, you know, going from a, a really solid, robust business that I'd grown since 2012 to, like, nothing um, last March, that was pretty brutal, but, but you know what's interesting about that, if that had happened to me 10 years ago, I, I wouldn't have known what to do, right. um, where right. coming into it with a different mindset, calmer mindset, the fact mm-hmm. I meditate every day, have a good morning routine, I didn't change anything. I showed up live every day on LinkedIn for 90 days. I, I just thought, you know, I've got this and it, this, this moment in time will pass. It's not my first radio with a recession or whatever you want to call it. Hmm. So I just, I found it easier to sort of navigate it if you like. And, um, because all these things are an inside job. And if you, if you can master that, then you're going to do all right. When, when yeah. this crisis happened, crisis happened. I mean, there's a hell of a lot there. Thank you very much for, sharing that i want to go back but before i do that you mentioned kind of transformation and you mentioned that 10 years ago um you wouldn't be able to handle what's happening now kind of thing but what do you see the fundamental differences are in you now as opposed to the andrew 10 years ago so no not so much of a knee-jerk reaction you know not so much of a oh well what i'm gonna have to do immediately tomorrow is get a job you know because you know the work's dried up or it's this is what it yeah. is and sort of justifying it and um so you know what i refer to as managing the mist you know that you know as an athlete when there's a when there's a crisis the good athletes are able just to to, to compose themselves under pressure recognize that there's a you know we're up against it here and with that yeah. clarity you, you just see the you see the gaps you see the opportunities Mm. and and then you kind of you for it so whether you're playing or as a coach you just you just have that awareness which comes from from maturity but i hadn't really established that in business right and i think 
when the 2008 crash happened, my knee-jerk reaction was get a job. And, and we probably wouldn't be speaking right now unless I'd done that because I, yeah. like the first application was, was S3. Right. So I ended up working for S3 in 2009. And, uh, but I, I started a coaching business in 2008, mainly working with traders, but I didn't really have a proposition, didn't have a client base. So I panicked, you know. Um, now I, I had an amazing time at S3. I met some amazing people. Yeah. Carved out a niche in recruitment. You know, 99% of my clients are still recruitment. Um, would I have gone in a different direction? Possibly. You know, if I hadn't had that knee-jerk reaction. Yeah. You know, my goalie, when I played in Canada, is Anthony Robbins' half uh, brother-in-law. Right. You know, and we had, you know, maybe I'd have gone down that road. You know, who knows what would have happened if I just yeah. kept my cool and said, I'm a performance coach, let's just see this out for the next 10 years. Who knows? I learned so much at S3. And I met some amazing people. So, I, so you, who knows what, where, where these things are going to go. But I do know that coming into COVID when that happened, I remember it, it, made, it kind of rocked me because we'd gone, you know, we were looking at really 10 x in the, the, the team head coach business. Yeah. We had a client who wanted to roll out across the entire company, a, you know, a good corporate client. Um, so we'd gone from, you know, we could hit a million quid this year to zero. Wow. Literally. Yeah. So we were kind of still in the stage where people say, but in three months' time, we'll do it in person. In th you know, in three months' time, we'll do it in person. In three months' time. Mm. And, and obviously that, that has, has put ourselves in a, in a really challenging situation. But we're all right. You know? Yeah. And life is good. Everyone's healthy. And, okay, so where do we go with this? Let's think about the strategy. Let's think about what we can do here. And, and so I'm okay with it, you know? It's kind of like a muscle that gets developed, I think. Yeah. I mean, you, you talked about kind of always being a coach, and you kind of laughed when, when you said about the Yellow Pages, but even then, that was a coaching um, situation for you. you know, obviously, your, your dad died at a young age, and your wife left you to a degree, and you've come back. You've lost a business. There's three things there before you even delve any deeper. But I just wonder, um, you know, that insane desire to be a coach or, or, or be that type of person, I wonder where that's that come from or... or, or in terms of, I guess I'll frame the question now, do you feel your purpose has moved and changed since even the Yellow Pages date to now? I sense the answer is yes, and if so, how and why? Yeah, I think the purpose has. You know, I, I talk about coaching. I was listening to a chap in Clubhouse the other night, and he's built this business. He said he coached for 12 months, and now he's, now he's built a business teaching coaches. I have a problem with that, you know, because he's, he's, he says, I make more money now teaching coaches how to coach than I did as a coach. And I'm like, well, you know... I have a challenge with that. Not not knocking the business he's got because it's a solid business, but you know, I, I always feel that coaching chooses us. You know, like it's just in our DNA. Mm. So I was, you know, as the, as a fourteen year old coaching the eleven year olds, as a right. as a seventeen year old coaching, you know, as a nineteen year old coaching the men's team. I was always coaching, and so when I, you know, went into business. It, it was made sense that I was going to create a coaching business. You know, so I, I launched my first business when I was 22. It's called Let's Get Rolling. It grew yeah. quite quickly. It, was, it became a really nice six-figure business. Zero profit because we were just having too much fun. Because yeah. <clears throat> I was bringing in coaches from all over the world and we were running camps mm. in Spain. And, you know, it was a brilliant time. So I've always been entrepreneurial and a coach. Um, so when it, like you say, when I went to Yellow Pages, uh, I... We're working with SMEs and 
they would always say to me, you know, it's really nice. You're not just pitching advertising. You really help. You really take time to understand our business. So I was, yeah. I really took embrace a consultative approach as a as a salesperson. Um, but what I did notice at Yellow Pages that I was seeing people that because I'd worked with them over a three four year period, I started to see this this pattern that I saw in my dad. And, and that's when I started to notice, you know, and a yellow page, you code, you, you're dealing with four clients a day, five days a week. It's a pretty, it's a really intense job. If anyone's worked at yellow pages, they'll know it's one of the toughest jobs. I've, I've heard people from there. Yeah. 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 You get really well trained. It was brilliant. And I, I did really well there and I moved up into management and so on. Not so good at management because my first management job, but sure. the, the thing I noticed was that, yeah. So this pattern in business owners. So I, so that kind of stuck with me. And then I got asked by a company called Blue Sky Performance Improvement, a brilliant company, got bought out by Capita recent, recently, did really well. Um, amazing company. And they asked me to come in and start talking about mindset. Would I go in and speak mm. to companies? And we were approaching 2012. It was 2007, but we were still thinking about 2012 as an Olympic year. And they wanted me to go into companies and talk about mindset and sports and parallels. And, and that just launched my performance coaching career. And I just yeah. decided to pursue that, got trained up, just did my diploma in coaching, and then later on a, a, a master's in organizational psychology. Yeah. And then, like you say, my purpose evolved. And it wasn't until I prepared for my TED Talk when I... It went up and I was reading Talk Like Ted, which I don't know if I've got it here, might have it. And, yeah. and it just asked for, look, think about the most emotional experiences. And I think that's when it triggered yeah. the story about my dad and, and then talking about that. And I was like, I don't, I don't know if I want to go there, but I did. And even in the TED Talk, you'll notice that the, my mouth starts to go. I, I yeah. wasn't ready for it, right? You know? No, no. Um, so, that, yeah, so I think the purpose evolved or, or did it evolve? I just found it. It, it was in there always, but it, it, all the coaching, all the years, everything else that came together. And I thought, you know, yeah. what? I don't want to work in FTSE 100s anymore. I want to work with small to medium sized business owners who want to scale their business without burning out. And that, that's my proposition now going forward. There's a lot of stuff that resonates there. I mean, I mean, you've been head coach of Team GB. I mean, you know, very high profile positions and you've done very well at S3. You've built, you know, seven figure businesses. The reason why I say that is I, I've done very well at S3 myself as well, and I, I've built a multi-million pound business. But I think I've told you this on your podcast. I only, I've only really found myself really in the last couple of years because I've started to grieve, use that word earlier, and open up and be that vulnerable person. And it's, it's, it has been, a, and the word transformative as well. It's almost as if what's happened before, no matter how... Um, uh, how great it was, it, it, didn't, it, it didn't mean anything. And I, I get that sense with you around now, it, it almost doesn't necessarily matter what it is. It's how it makes you feel, how you feel about what you're doing now. That's the sense I get from you. Right? It's almost since you started to feel you've actually then become um, the Andrew Silito you've always wanted to be. Yeah, I think, I think that's a good situation. You know, and I, and I think they kind of get a little bit of, you know, hairs on the back of the neck when I think about it because I think that's when you really, you know, people talk about finding themselves. I don't know if it's, I don't think we ever really find ourselves because, you know, we're always evolving, right? But, um, and I said that managed miss unless you lock yourself in a dark room and fast for two weeks or something, you know, you, you, you <laughs> kind of just lose yourself in your own head. Yeah. Um, but this idea that we start to get really confident around what we stand for, you know, our values, I can, I can make a decision, say, I don't agree with that, you know, yes. rather than being agreeable, which is I'm probably agreeable by nature. And I really have to catch myself and, 
yeah, well, no, actually, what yeah. you said doesn't doesn't really sit comfortably with me, or um, being in that camp doesn't work for me, or you know, so just getting clear of my values and and also saying right, this is my direction, this is my north star now, this is where I'm going now. That it might be there might be yeah. different iterations on the way. Uh, will it change? But as long as I'm still clear on on my purpose, then you know, yeah. it's much easier. Life is so much better. In fact, I, mean, I think burnout happens when people aren't clear on that. I, th- I think it gives you a complete new lease of life and energy. And other, even just witnessing your your, your content and, and your persona, I, I, not that I, you know, I've been see- seeing it kind of evolve around, you've almost become a different person, may I say, around like um, just that sense of, of, of confidence. And I think, I think there's a lot to be said for this, this, um, just this, this personal, more human approach around, you know, we've all got mental health as well. We've all got, we've all got well-being. It's like, who coaches the coach? Who leads the leader? I mean, I, I mean, have you had therapy? Have you kind of? Because I think we get, you get to a point where you can coach yourself. I think as well, but ultimately, you, you always need someone else. So, who, who, how have you kind of? What tools or people or techniques have you used recently to coaches, mentors, therapists? Um, you know, I think I recommend it all to people. Uh, I think therapy for a specific reason. You know, if you're going in there to work work through some things, but um, I've got a coach now who's who's brilliant. You know, I've, yeah. Uh, so I've always invested in coaches and mentors. Mm. I have mentors who don't know their ment- my mentor. You know, like Seth yeah. Godin, for example. Yeah, yeah. He's my mentor, but he doesn't know he's my mentor. I mean, we email each other once yeah. every six months. That's it. Yeah. You know, and um. But uh, yeah, I've I've got a I've got a life coach who I catch up with once a month when I'm working through some things. Yeah, uh, and sometimes I don't know what I'm going to speak about on that session, but there's always something that I'm just going to process and clear my mind. My coach I speak with every week, so every yeah. Friday morning, and that's more metric focused and target focused. We're looking at scaling the business and making sure I'm doing the right things and heading in the right direction. I'm I'm, I'm because I'm still restless by nature. You know, I have to, I need that coach to say, that's just something shiny, stop, stay focused, and uh, strategy. I think it's been, I think for me personally, I'm now aware that I am now coachable, whereas up until recently, I don't think I was coachable. What I mean by that, I was just kind of so my own cocoon of what I thought life was about, and I just think it's, it's as you say, it's an evolving journey, but I think we're both in our mid-40s, and Yep. You know, I'm, I'm personally really excited for you about the way you're going to take it. Um, you, you, you don't come across, you certainly haven't reported to me that you're, you're money focused, although obviously it's important. But what is, what is your, you mentioned your North Star. What is your North Star? It's a really good question. And I'm kind of reshaping at the moment. Um, I tell you what, I, what I'm learning to be is more money focused, actually. Okay. And not to feel guilty about that. Because that, that, I think that's part of the problem for me is that I would uh, sabotage, you know, I saw money because of what I saw in our family yeah. and in growing up during a recession where all people talked about was there's no money. There's just not enough money around. You know, you yeah. know there's, lo- there's loads of money everywhere. It's not like the money's just vanished because <laughs> there's a downturn. Yeah. You know, it's there. Um, but I would have this kind of money block around it. So I'm actually, whilst I'm not, greedy or you know i like nice things i want to mm. have financial security for my family i've actually started to learn to remove that that's yeah. kind of psychological uh, gap around money so 
So it's definitely not my North Star, right? right. I, don't, I don't have a goal to make X amount of millions or have a yacht in Saint-Tropez. I, I, but I, um, you know, if my life didn't change at all, then I'd be very happy. Like if it yeah. stayed the same, fine. I, I, okay. I love, I, I have a nice apartment in Prague. We look over Letna Park. Uh, a few weeks ago, I was playing ice hockey on the lakes. I mean, I have a, we have a great life. Yeah, yeah. But if I could uh, impact a million business owners over the next 10 years, yeah. or, you know, something around that, or, or someone comes to me and says, you saved my life. Yeah. You know, because that, that's the purpose behind what I do is that I'm always anchoring back to my father. And, mm. and, and when I think, you know, if I don't feel like doing the work today, if I feel like, you know what, I'm going to take a day off because I'm feeling a bit lazy. Actually, no, I need to show up today. You know, as long yeah. as I'm showing up for my family, I'm showing up in my health and everything else. But, yeah. you know, that, that intrinsic motivation, that drive to, to keep doing the work. And I, I've, I've always said, I, you know, yeah. I, I love what I do. When people say, well, what, what about your retirement? You know, what does that look like? I'm not going to retire. I'm going out like Tommy Cooper. And, <laughs> you know, yeah. anyway, any, any a Gen X or a baby boomer will get that. But, yeah, yeah. you know, anyone that was sat there on a Sunday night or Saturday night where I was watching, you know, yeah. show. But, um, so, yeah, I love what I do and I want to continue doing it for as long as I can. Totally. Andrew, that was a pleasure and uh, very enjoyable, very insightful, as expected. Before we kind of shoot, I mean, I know most people know you, but where, where's the best place to find you and uh, kind of what are you up to? Any, any kind of any exciting things going on at the moment for you at the moment? Uh, so, uh, andrewsolito.com, you know, just go there or find me on yeah. LinkedIn, Instagram. Um, exciting things. Right now, just the most exciting thing is waking up and seeing my kids and my wife and speaking to my daughter, speak, staying in touch with my family. Yeah. You know, that, that's right now, that, that, that's all, all I'm excited about. Good stuff, mate. I really enjoyed that and uh, looking forward to, to carrying on some more stuff with you in the future. Thanks for listening to the Purpose Dead Leadership Podcast. Please subscribe and leave us a review. And if you have any questions you think we should ask our guests, head over to LinkedIn and send me a DM at Chris O'Connell. See you next time. The Purpose Led Leadership Podcast is sponsored by Vincherry. Vincherry are all-in-one CRM and ATS platform, purpose-built for recruitment and staffing agencies. I chose to partner with Vincherry because, honestly, I'm a customer. Keep me competitive, plug into my calendar and email and make the whole admin part of my job as a recruiter a hell of a lot easier. The Purpose Led Leadership Podcast listeners get 25% off Vincherry's onboarding. If you're looking for a recruitment CRM to accelerate your growth, check them out at vincherry.io forward slash Chris O'Connell.